Hey, how you doing? This is Issa Pulley, and this is something to think about. It's a podcast related to the disease of addiction until recovery. Today, I want to talk to you about um, relapse. Um, here's the concept that I'm, I'm working with today. The luxury of relapse. You know, relapse is a luxury, right? It's a luxury that some of us cannot afford. It's a luxury that uh, perhaps we can never afford, but somehow, some way, we're able to talk ourselves into it, right? We can relapse and this will happen. We can relapse and that'll happen. But at the end of the day, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Why? I'll be okay because there's a treatment center I can go to. I'll be okay because I have a wife. I'll be okay because I have a, um, a husband or I have uh, brothers and sisters or I have an aunt or a grandmother who will hold me down, right? So I'm going to be okay. I'll relapse and then I'll go back into um, treatment and I'll, I'll get okay and then we'll start over. So um, if we have that in our head that we have the luxury of relapsing, right? And, of course, relapse is part of recovery is what some people think and say. Then, of course, uh, why wouldn't we relapse? Why wouldn't we? Because let's not forget that using drugs does give us something, right? It does. It gives us something. It gives us um, an opportunity to check out. It gives us uh, the feeling of nirvana, right? The feeling of euphoria. It, um, it calms our nerves. It does a bunch of things for us. It's not like this thing that we're taking, right, um, doesn't help us. It does help us. There's good things to it and there's bad things. What we forget is that the bad outweighs the good, right? And that adults don't really think like that. And sane people don't really think like that. Once we've made our mind up about a particular situation, that's it. We can't go backwards, right? Like it's Groundhog's Day, right? We made our mind up that that particular thing is not good for us. It's never going to be good for us. So we don't do it, period, end of story. But the disease of addiction has us rethinking it often, right? And trying to find a way where that can be okay. We can reintroduce it into our lives and we can have our cake and eat it too. We can have all the things that we've amassed from recovery, plus we can take a little something, something on the side, right? And if everything goes bad, if everything goes wrong, we have uh, bailouts, so to speak, right? We'll be okay. It's when you stop thinking like that when your life changes, right? When you do not have the luxury of relapse, right? You don't have a, uh, a net, so to speak, right? Nobody's going to look out for you like that. Nobody should have to look out for you like that, and nobody will look out for you like that. If you fall again, you fell by yourself, right? And you have to handle all your consequences on your own. Why should my wife have to handle the consequences of me checking out? of me wanting to go have a little bit of quote-unquote pleasure. She suffers from my stuff. Nope, she shouldn't have to, and she shouldn't. She shouldn't. Oh, unconditional love, what about that? If you unconditionally love me, then you'll bail me out again. You will provide me with the luxury of relapse if I need it. That's basically what you're saying with that, uh, unconditional love. That's how we use it, right? My mom is going to hold me down, and if she doesn't, she's a dirty bitch. My husband is going to hold me down. If not, type of dude is he, right? My wife is going to hold me down. If I got to go to prison, if I got to go to jail because of this drug thing, 
she's going to hold me down. I got somebody to give me uh, the fruit of the looms and uh, to bring me packages and put some money on my books. I got somebody like that. So I can go ahead and negotiate with myself, with my disease, with my co-defendant, of course, how we can try to get over and, and get to come up and hit this lick. And if, we, if it fails, she got me. She'll hold me down for two, three years. Yes, she'll be without me. Yes, it'll be hard for her. But she'll find a way to put some money on my books. She'll call me. She'll take the, that, that, that phone call, right, that, you know, makes her bill go up. And she'll listen to this nonsense about this, this prison life or this, you know, how bad the guards are that I knew were bad before I even went in there. You understand what I'm saying? So thinking like this, consequential thinking, will help us not to think we have the luxury of relapse because we don't. We don't have that luxury. Now, let's take it to a little bit smaller. Um, the luxury of to go back to smoking cigarettes. You know that your, uh, your lungs are black, that it affected your breathing, it made your teeth brown, it made your breath stink, and it made your pocket light. You know all these things, which is why you quit in the first place. Some stressful situations happen, and you start smoking again. And I ask you why you start smoking. You say, hey, this happened, that happened, and this happened, and that happened. And I'm like, okay, I get it. All that happened. But what's that got to do with smoking? That shit was going to happen regardless. It's going to happen if you smoke or if you don't smoke, right? Your job was to learn how to handle that shit without cigarettes because cigarettes makes the situation worse, right? Cigarettes makes all those things we just discussed happen to you. Your breath stink, your teeth brown, your money go down. People look at you like you're crazy because you're inhaling toxic, oh, what's it, what, what is it, volatile shit. Put it to you like that, Right? But here you are out there smoking and somehow you provided yourself with the luxury of relapse to smoking. Um, your lungs didn't get any cleaner. Um, nobody took the, uh, the warning package, the warning label off the package, right? Nothing changed is what I'm saying to make you say, okay, cigarettes are okay. They're a viable alternative. Nobody, how did that happen? How did it happen to where you could take some heroin and shoot it again? What changed? You got enough money now, right? It's not illegal anymore, right? It doesn't make your life messed up. You don't nod from it, right? Everybody loves it now? No, it's still terrible. It's still terrible to smoke crack. There's no way you could smoke enough crack, right? You smoke crack, you're going to want more. It's going to do things to your teeth. It's going to do things to your family. How do you find yourself back into the, the crack house after you went to rehab, and you learned everything you could about it. And you started learning some stuff about yourself. And you started doing your steps. But somehow, you and your disease decided you could do it. You have the luxury of relapse. And not everybody around you has to pay for it. It doesn't make sense. That's all I'm saying. So if we keep that up front, we do not have the luxury of relapse. Right? We do not have the luxury of putting all our families and everything that we amassed in jeopardy. We, that's not a luxury that we can afford anymore, right? It never was, but now we know, right? We can't do that. So if you find yourself doing it, if you find yourself thinking about it, please refer back to this, this little podcast or to, to your sponsor or to your sober support network or to your wife or to your husband, that person that's going to tell you, please don't do this, right? Please don't do that. I'm not going to be here. I am going to leave. And at the end of the day, between me and a lamppost, your disease wants them to leave. Your disease knows that you don't have the luxury of relapse. Your disease is hoping, beyond hope, that finally everybody got smart and abandoned you 
Why? So that you go deeper into your disease, you disintegrate, if that's a word, and then you die because that's what the disease is trying to do. The disease doesn't want you to have bailouts. The disease wants you alone and isolated so that it can kill you, right? So um, when he's talking to you saying, hey, come on, let me rock you to sleep, remember, he has an agenda. The disease has an agenda. You have an agenda too. I don't think that you're respecting it sometimes. Your agenda is to stay free of the disease of addiction, to stay free of those consequences, and to have the best life that you could possibly have. Let me know what you think about this. Perhaps I said some things that you take offense to. Uh, you know how to get in touch with me, but in case you don't, www.isapulley.com or um, isapulley at aol.com or if you know me, talk to me, holla. And if you want to uh, have a conversation with me, maybe on air, get up with me, all right? Thank you.